Welcome to Faked, an original podcast highlighting the underground world of counterfeit illegal items around the world and how to spot them. Whether you're traveling the world or buying online, Faked will be your guide. With your host, Joseph Rowan, you'll explore the many ways counterfeiters can pull off disguising everyday consumer items as the genuine good. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Faked. This one is all about golf, uh, specifically the golf equipment. Uh, I know we are leaving the summer season, which is primarily the big golf time, but um, I guess, you know, we're coming into Christmas and a lot of people get gifts for people which involve golf items. So hopefully this will help out with that. But um, this was another long time coming episode. And since many more people golf than some of the other episodes I've done, I figured this was going to be a a fun one to do. So we all know that uh, millions of people play uh, golf every year. It's something that's televised. It's huge. A lot of money into it. I mean, you know, some of the sponsors are really, really big, like watch companies that have $25,000 watches, $100,000 watches, Um, you know, anything really televised on ESPN, there's a lot of money behind it. So with that, as we know, comes uh, some counterfeitism, and that is what we're going to be talking about here today. So I want to talk about some of the history of golf first. You know, we like to, we like to see what history brought to the page um, or the table to where where we are now, to where, why is it so expensive? Why is it counterfeited? Why, why do people feel like there's money in it enough to compromise their own ethical code and also go into the business of making counterfeit items and then selling them? I mean, it's, it's a whole business in itself. We've talked about this. If you haven't l- listened to any of my previous episodes, I'd love if you guys did just to kind of get a feel of what we do here at Faked. So um, it looks like the earliest form of golf can be traced to an ancient Rome um, where people, I guess, played a game called Paganica. I'm glad they changed that because that is a terrible name. Could you imagine an ESPN and today on top, Panakin, I can't even say it, Paganica, uh, you know, reels today, we're going to watch them play some Paganica. That was around 100 BCE, so players hit a stuffed leather ball with a bent stick. So obviously we've come a lot in way from there, you know, people are now in polos and you know, Lululemon pants, I don't know, what, what do people wear in golf cleats? So now... You know, we've come a long way since uh, Paganica, uh, where they were hitting, yeah, leather balls with bent sticks. So during the uh, Song Dynasty in China, which is about 960 CE to 1279, participants played Chu An. So T H U I W A N, if you want to look that one up. It's uh, played with several clubs um, and a ball. So again, kind of like a preliminary to what we know as golf today. Uh, seems like pretty much a basic concept of it. So let's uh, continue on with some of the history here. So a 1261 manuscript of a Flemish poet, Jacob van Meerlent, uh, referred to a game with a ball and a club. So the reference may have been to the Dutch game called Kolf or Kolf, um, like one spelled with a C or and one spelled with a K. So not much of a pronunciation different there, uh, during which four players hit balls over a certain distance with the winner being the one who reached the starting point of one of the other players. So 
maybe that's where the word comes from. It seems like too much of a uh, coincidence that three of the four letters would be the exact same as our current um, golf game. So the modern game, uh, the modern game of golf can trace its roots to Scotland, which I think we mostly know that if you've ever watched the most interesting game uh, with Shia LaBeouf, that was a excellent movie. So if you guys are looking for like a Disney movie to watch, that isn't Hocus Pocus 2. Um, definitely check that one out. It was really, really good. It was, um, you know, premium Shia LaBeouf. And uh, again, a tearjerker, great uh, history of the sport, all that kind of stuff. So 1457 Act of the Scottish Parliament, the game of golf. Uh, so G-O-W-F. Um, glad they changed that one too. That sounds Galfy, uh, sounds super goofy there, uh, received its first mention. So the act prohibited the game because King James II saw it as a distraction from archery practice necessary for the defense of the country. I guess that makes sense. You know, no time for silly games. Further mention of the game can be found in government documents in 1471 and 1491, banning the sport. So by 1500, Scotland lifted all the bans, and with a couple years, King James uh, let's see, the sixth purchased balls and clubs to play the game. So it looks like the Kings Kings got in on it, and maybe it became a Kings game then. So at that time, balls were made of wood or hard leather, while clubs were made of wood, mostly beech, holly, pear, and apple. So in 1724, various documents referenced um, stuffed balls with feathers and stuff like that. So I just wanted to at least go through the whole you know, history of it, what do we know about it, how it became the game we know today. So next up, let's talk about how do we identify counterfeit golf clubs. So that's the primary thing we're going to be focusing around. And as you know, a lot about golf clubs, there are multiple components of it, and we're going to go through each one of them from the grip to the shaft to the head. Um, and I think there's some other ones, um, that we can go through, especially with like drivers and stuff. So we have to differentiate between putters and all that stuff. And there's definitely a lot of difference and a lot of, um, remember this is a multi, 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 almost billion dollar industry. Um, some golf clubs can go up to thousands of dollars. So obviously it's worth it to know what is a real golf club and what isn't. So let's talk about the grips. Okay. Now, it's very easy, um, and, and this is probably true with a lot of the stuff we talk about. It's very easy if you've got the real thing next to the fake thing, but that's not always the case. Sometimes you are approached with the fake thing immediately, and you have nothing to compare it to, and then you run into an issue of, well, gosh, this sure looks okay, and oh, gosh, this uh, you know definitely has all the you know major components of what I... Nope. No, you need to have the real thing, whether that means looking up an image of it, trying to find, um, you know, some sort of reference point to uh, go it up against because that's big, you know, 300 bucks. You don't want to flush that down the toilet um, and then you want the real deal because resale for one quality for two, um, I guess just not also furthering that industry of fake stuff. We've always, we've talked about that. So counterfeit grip, grip details, uh, they have a strong rubber odor like a swimming pool float or like a boat a bicycle tire so that is a big thing is the smell of them okay and obviously uh 
they're not going to be around for very long usually because the quality is much less. So it'll still kind of have that newness to it, um, kind of fresh off the press. So the Grips logos may also not be aligned properly when the uh, club is sitting at address. So that's another thing is to make sure you're looking at the logos on there and um, cross-referencing to some of the other ones there. So if there is a brand logo, many times the paint fill will be coming out and the font will be slightly different because a lot of those fonts that are used in a lot of these are trademarked and really not out there uh, so they get close as possible to them and sometimes close is good enough. But if, you're, if you've got an eye for it, sometimes it's not. All right, so um, the design of the grip may not match as well. So sometimes the grip design will be from like an older model club. So maybe they, when they were making it, they were looking up a an older model, and they thought that that was what they used over the uh, the entirety of the line, which is probably a really good anti counterfeiting measure for a lot of these um, companies to do, which is kind of cool. So. Many of the counterfeit grips um, that people have seen on counterfeit clubs have also been smaller around kind of like a lady's size grip uh, while it's on a man's, a male, male uh, golf club, which again, I, I really didn't know there was a difference there, but I guess there is, I guess there's a difference in sizing. So I guess that would make sense. You know, a lot of taller men than... Okay, so let's talk about the shaft now. Um, jokes aside, let's talk about the details on it. So counterfeit shafts uh, bands tend to peel up and are not straight on every club. So they could be in, in a different place between clubs uh, for an iron set as well. So many of the shafts will feel flimsy or just not as stiff as the flex stated on the shaft. So if you're familiar kind of what... Um, shafts are supposed to do when it comes to golfing this is something that's kind of out of my wheelhouse because i don't golf a lot nor do i really enjoy <laughs> golfing but my brother's really big into it and he's kind of explained some of that stuff to me so um it's really all about knowing your uh, equipment there so the colors may also be off on the shaft bands or the graphics if the club has a graphite shaft so Again, these are things you're going to have to kind of look up, look up online, like a counterfeit uh, Titleist. So um, there's an AP2 iron uh, that you can check out their Project X steel shafts. They have some counterfeit uh, back and forth images there that you can check out. So many of the major manufacturers have started putting a holographic sticker on the shaft. Um, as a result, counterfeiters have followed suit, um, but they are not putting it in the same location. So that kind of seems crazy because you assume they will end up putting it in the correct location. If they've done the work to get that sticker on there, uh, and, and you know, especially if it's actually convincing enough, I bet they'll probably put it in the, uh, in the actual, uh, correct spot there. So Kind of some interesting stuff there that's uh, pertaining to the shaft. Um, so let's talk about the heads, okay? So this is with irons and wedges specifically. So paint fill will be slightly off color and sometimes will be outside the lines. That's very evident um, when it's when it's not as just fine-tuned. Again, you're spending a lot of money on this. They've got a great line, a great product. The reason they're so expensive, a lot of these things, is because they've done it right for a while and they've built a clientele that's willing to pay for the quality. So check the paint fill. Uh, the font used will be slightly different or maybe a slightly different size. We've talked about that. Uh, so most of the time, the font lettering will be thinner on the counterfeit. So 
Branding and lofts will be in a slightly different location on the club head. Uh, for rules will be a different style. Um, so that's kind of, I don't know even know what um, for rule is. I think it's one of the intricacies of the actual head, uh, which I think it's like for its aerodynamic qualities or, you know, whatever that is. It's uh, F-E-R-R-U-L-E-S. You know what? I'm going to look that up so we know. So for rules, I usually don't do this. I usually am kind of uh, well prepped for a lot of things. So for rules are a ring or cap, typically a metal one, which strengthens the end of a handle sticker tube. Okay. So that looks like it is what is connecting it to the stick itself. So that is the for rules. Uh, the shape of the head will be off. Many of the counterfeit clubs um, will look totally different from address than in authentic clubs. So um, just give it the, give it a good once over look at a lot of the authentic uh frills you know if there's a nice color on there and maybe they foiled it as in like made it a little shinier on the counterfeit one just to give it a little ooh ah sometimes less is more and when you look at the authentic ones they're actually a little more plain than some of the counterfeit ones so when you do see something and you're like oh that is so nice looking and no, it might even be like an improvement in aesthetic quality. So the counterfeiter kind of gets one in over them um, where it's like, oh, that one looks cooler. I'm going to do it. You know, obviously you'd think, well, that's a, a lot cooler looking. That's probably the one. So next is going to be counterfeit head details. So drivers, uh, fairways and hybrids. So these are the the bigger ones. Um, if you guys aren't familiar with them, it's the like the driver, just the one that just sends the ball, absolutely demolishes it. So paint fill will be slightly off color and sometimes will be outside the lines. There's a lot more surface area here and a lot more curvature. So I feel like these will be a lot um, harder to fake. So branding, we talked about that. Look at the branding on it. Look at the um, shape of it. The shape would be pretty hard to mimic exactly simply because there's so much curvature and it's all about angles with this. It is premium engineered. Um, so head weight on counterfeit drivers is normally heavier than authentic drivers because they're not made of titanium. So right there you're losing, for the same price, you're losing some quality of um, ingredients per se. Um, and then you can also do a magnet test on your driver to see if it'll stick. So a magnet will not stick to a titanium driver, but it will to a counterfeit steel driver. Steel is obviously cheaper than titanium. So kind of interesting stuff there. Yeah, so the, the magnet test will do the trick. All right, so let's uh, move on. Counterfeit heads again, but this one's the putter, which we all know is the kind of like a squared off one um, or rectangled off one, I should say. So colors and fonts will be different. We talked about that. Uh, putter alignment will not set up properly. So you, uh, probably your first hit, you'll understand that it's fake. Um, it takes some work to make a putter that sets up perfectly and counterfeits uh, aren't very good at that, the small details. Because again, that's part of the engineering process and these people aren't doing, many, are doing much R&D. So removable weights may not line up properly uh, is another one. So I didn't even know that there was removable weights, but there's removable weights, I guess, in putters. That's kind of cool. I'll have to check that out. I actually do have some golf clubs, but uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I didn't know there was weights to them. Okay, here's another one, and uh, this is the head cover. So you've seen these in a lot of the uh, 
Well, I mean, I guess you've probably seen these everywhere. They're what goes over the golf clubs to kind of protect them from dings and, you know, hitting each other and stuff like that. So the stitching on the lettering and branding will be poor quality. So um, make sure you're looking at that. Um, you know, these are probably less counterfeited because the money in this are is not as big. Um, but, uh, and also everybody doesn't buy them. You know, everybody has to buy golf clubs in order to play golf. You don't have to buy a head cover to play golf. Okay. So material used will be a different texture and firmness. Um, the head and shafts of the club, the color will kind of be most, uh, mostly off. Uh, and then is if there's Velcro or like a closing mechanism, it'll be poor quality. Uh, so it looks like um, at least these head covers, you know, I don't know what the pricing is, but they do put a lot of quality into them as well um, just to kind of continue their, um, just to make sure that, you know, the quality is across the board good and they probably sell them in sets. So that's another one. So counterfeit uh, serial numbers uh there is a lot of serial numbers that also come with a lot of uh, golf clubs so we're talking titleist and where they put it um so this is all available this would be very monotonous to go over to so if you do check out uh their serial, num serial numbers online you can look up where they put them titleist puts them somewhere different than TaylorMade and mizuno and callaway ping and um yeah it's good to just tie those together and see if everything's good when it comes to font size, where it's located, uh, uh, font itself, if they have one at all. You know, those are all really important parts of that. So, guys, that is it for the golf episode. Hopefully, uh, we chipped away at that market. Um, and aren't you glad I only used one golf pun this entire time? You guys should be proud of me. So remember, guys, with faked items, there are those that produce them, those that purchase them, and those that listen to this podcast. I will see you guys in the next episode. Bye.